Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. And are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grombacher. Anna Spiritu is the Chief Outreach Officer of the Contentment Foundation, an organization which believes in a world where everyone has the tools to cultivate sustainable well-being from the inside out. I'm excited to have you on. And tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, thank you so much, George, for having me. Um, let's see, how do I talk about my personal life? Uh I guess I am a recovering human doing in transition towards becoming a full-fledged human being. Nice. Uh, I would consider myself uh, an advocate and a practitioner of sustainable well-being, um, not just a, at a physical level, but I would say across the full spectrum, emotional, mental, and energetic level. Uh, one of the things that I believe in is that suffering stems from the gap between who we truly are and who we pretend to be. So um, I've made it my life mission to help people find the courage to be their most authentic self. Uh, you could also say that I am an aspiring imperfectionist. Um, I love the idea of just being my, my authentic self. Um, in the last couple of years, I would say that I've been on a journey towards achieving greater consciousness and authentic li living. Um, because I know that um, it allows me to uh, to help propel humanity forward um, through this lens. Uh, in terms of my career, I've had a very successful 13-year run in corporate America, working for and 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 also leading organizations for iconic brands like Google, Yahoo, and Oscar Health. And two years ago, I've made this transition and stepped into my journey of becoming, uh, which again started two years ago when I left corporate America. And um, my journey expresses itself through the work that, that I'm doing now for the Contentment Foundation. Um, as you mentioned, we're a nonprofit organization who we're essentially working to bring teachers and students worldwide tools and strategies that help them manage, understand, and process their uh, their emotions and life experiences. And what we hope to do through our work is to cultivate within them what I would say the tallest order of all human emotion, which is contentment, the, the notion that we are whole just as we are. A lot of great stuff there, Anne. I absolutely love the differentiation between being a human doing, moving towards becoming a human being. Um, how, how did you come up with that? Well, I, I would say that I think uh, most people in the Western world would agree with me that, um, you know, that we are oftentimes focused on just doing things, right? Like, as I kind of think about my own journey, uh, I think about how most of my life was really focused on building my career, right? Eight, 
80, probably about 80% of my existence revolved around building my career, climbing the ladder. And if I had a little bit of time, I would maybe hang out with my friends or, you know, or even try to cultivate a, a sense of well-being. And now I'm kind of in this journey towards becoming a full-fledged human being where everything in my surroundings um, is interconnected, uh, it's interrelated, and I am working towards deepening my sense of being, meaning the way that I see the, the my, my life now is that everything is equal, that my well-being um, actually is important because if I can focus on my well-being, I can show up well in my career, I can show up well in, in my, my communities and and really just the way that I show up in the world. So that's something that I'm striving towards and hope to be able to share with the with the rest of the world. Well, I think that that's awesome. Was there, did, did a, a, a switch get flipped or was this just a, a transformation or a change that you recognized that you wanted to make over a period of time? Uh, it was a little bit of a transition for me. I feel so. It's probably worth kind of sharing a little bit of background. I, I would say that I have I have a typical immigrant upbringing. My I was born in the Philippines, and my mom, um, you know, shipped us off to the U.S. when I was 11 years old. And so I was very much primed to follow strictly the playbook of the American dream. And I did that for many many years and um, really learned the language of conformity. And what I found is that I was able to actually get really good at this language, um, and it earned me a lot of reward. It got me into really great college, um, got me really far in my career, and I just kind of realized, as I was sitting at the top of the mountain, I was like, whoa, like this does not feel, I don't feel aligned with myself. And so as any any human being would do, I started to look outward just to see, okay, like I need to shift around my external world. I need to shift jobs. I'm going to travel around the world. But what was really happening was that I was not aligned with who I truly was. I used my external world to distract myself, distract myself from what was actually happening within myself. And I think that's what we do. We look in the external world to find validation and find happiness. And what I've, the, 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 the last couple of years um, has been a really, has, has been about journeying back to myself and discovering the parts of me that I have run away from, healing myself, and again, like navigating my inner world. I, I find that we as a society spend so much of our existence trying to understand our external world. We do not spend enough time actually understanding ourselves. Yeah, well, I 100% agree with that. And do you think that that's one of the? Do you think that that's one of the main problems which is plaguing so many people today? I think so. I I think you know. I mean, this is why the work that we do at the Contentment Foundation is so critical because um, I find that um, you know our our education system is not designed to really prepare kids for life. Right. We we are so focused on preparing them for jobs, but not for life. And kids these days are having so many com complex experiences and they don't have the tools and the strategies to really understand what's happening inside of them. And so what we're hoping to be able to do is just 
create some, some understanding, some knowledge about what emotion you're experiencing, start to really help them, you know, start to help them identify what they are. And, allow, and, and I think what, what's happening is that we're distracting ourselves from what's actually happening inside. And what we do, you know, when we're, we're experiencing a, 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 an emotion, a strong emotion, we either want to cling onto it or we want to avoid you know, or distract ourselves from it. And what happens is emotions is just energy. Energy is meant to flow in and out of our bodies. And when we try to distract ourselves from it, and we, or we try to cling on to it, that energy gets stuck in our bodies. And so it comes up over and over and over again, because it's wanting to get released. And so I think as a society, we just need to start um, really navigating our inner world in the same way that we want to navigate our external realities. Yeah, I don't think that too many of us adults have the ability or the tools to combat all the different crap that we're hit with on a daily basis from the outside world, let alone kids. So giving them the tools, uh, or at least trying to give them the tools to be able to manage all those things, um, I I think is such an important thing. And I, I really want to get into how we actually go about that and some really practical steps. But if you would, just tell us what – I think that people confuse happiness and contentment uh, really all the time. If you could just tell us what contentment really – what what yeah. does it mean? What, what, what is it? It's a good question uh, because I know that's, that's part of your tagline. Um, yeah. So – Contentment actually, uh, it, there, there is a lot of misconception around contentment because when 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 uh, the CEO of the Contentment Foundation first um, I first had a conversation with him, I was like, well, contentment it seems like like it's it's about complacency, it's about laziness. Like we people don't want to be content; they want to be happy. But contentment is really the unconditional acceptance of all of life's experiences, regardless of how we want to judge them as pleasant or unpleasant. You see, the the practice of contentment is really about developing a healthier relationship with our emotions, seeing emotions as a beautiful part of having human experiences. When we start to teach people about happiness, happiness is, is fleeting. I mean, happiness is fun. Okay, don't get me wrong. It's an important emotion. Um, But when we start to chase happiness, then we start to actually it starts to color our 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 reality in in a way where we can't sustain it. Contentment in, you know, just even from from my own experience, contentment allows me to I actually almost see it as a state of being because what tends to happen is when you are content, when you know that you are whole, irrespective of how you want to judge your your experiences, you can almost just watch your emotions come and go and you're okay, right? Like you're, you're, you, you feel this state of equanimity, if you will, because you are, you know that whatever experience you're having, you are whole, irrespective of your external circumstances. What I see is that happiness is still anchored in grabbing this and having that and having that influence or having power or resources or money. Contentment is again the unconditional acceptance of all of life's experiences no matter how much we want to judge them yeah i think that that's really well said right there and yes i, I do think that people confuse and dismiss contentment as you know complacency like, like you just said so so I, I i appreciate you clarifying that a little bit 
so and, and, and I just want to can, yeah. can I just share one thing about Please. about this because one thing that you know so the our my CEO Dr. Daniel Cordaro is probably one of the leading experts on human emotion he's done some of the most comprehensive studies that's ever been done on universal expressions and him and his research team has really studied all human emotion and what's actually really really interesting is that when you look at what our ancient ancestors had to say about living a meaningful life, they ever, they actually rarely ever talk about the modern notion of happiness in terms of gaining what, what we want. The reality is, is that, you know, what they were actually most focused on is this idea of contentment, the feeling that everything is perfect as it is right at this exact moment. And so it's interesting, you know, how, how, how our times have really evolved. And, you know, I, I don't really know exactly where you know, it, it happened in terms of the turn, but now happiness is like this most prized emotion. But actually, if you look at thousands of years of ancient traditions, um, contentment sits at the top of the hierarchy in terms of uh, the emotion to strive towards. And, and it makes perfect sense, right? It's like, okay, yes, ice cream makes me happy. When I drop my ice cream cone on the ground, then I get sad. And though those are fine emotions, but I don't want to live my entire life, you know, chasing that happiness. Exactly right. I, I, everything is perfect the way things are right now. That's, that is truly what, where I want to get to. And I have to imagine that's where most people want to get to also, but maybe not. Um, do we sabotage ourselves? They may or, not or, know. Yeah. Yeah. They may not know that they want to go towards that because that's not what, society is teaching us about about emotions and this is why again I, I keep going back to you know to my my life's mission to, is to really help people navigate their inner worlds right like to to, to actually start, start to see their emotions as part of just simply having human experiences that every emotion is is important and that it actually holds wisdom when I'm feeling frustrated you know, now I have the tools to be able to say, huh, that's interesting. I'm feeling frustrated right now. I wonder why I'm feeling frustrated. Is there something in, uh, in my past that's, that's, that's triggering that, that emotion inside of me? And if I just hold it right there, I mean, really, I've done this exact practice where, you know, I'm feeling frustrated and I just sit there and I breathe right through the emotion and it comes and it goes. And once it goes, it goes away for good. Like it, it, it's, it's gone forever. Well, again, like, you know, what I what I was telling you earlier is that most people will either distract themselves from the emotion or they will cling on to it. And so, you know, it's 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 the, the practice of contentment is such that you just have appreciation for all emotions as being as having as as being part of having human experiences. Um, and I and I find that, um, you know, when people when people have these tools of really understanding their emotions and what's actually happening inside of them, that they can actually see the world much more objectively. They can show up for people much more objectively. They're not trying to control the other person because again, when we're dealing with people, people are just mirrors of what's actually happening inside of us. We still have the authority and the accountability over the way that we feel. When we start to point the finger at the other person for say triggering an emotion inside of us, what I like to say is, you know, bring that finger back towards you and ask yourself, why am I feeling this emotion? So you start to come from an empowered place as opposed to 
falling victim of the situation and worse of how another person is feeling about you. Got it. So it's, it's, it's not getting mad at myself because I'm feeling this way. It's not petting myself on the back because I'm feeling a certain way. It's okay. Let me take a step back. I am feeling this way. Where, where is that coming from? Um, are, right. are, are there some examples that you think would be common? I mean, I, you know, as I was starting my journey, I was um, encountering triggers. And what I, when I say triggers, I really mean is, you know, like triggers can happen on any given day, right? When somebody, you know, cuts you off on, um, on the freeway, then you start to experience an emotion or you see a red car and your ex-girlfriend, you know, who cheated on you had a red car. And so you start to experience those emotions. I mean, these are our body's way. And this is, this is, this is what I believe anyway. And my experience, these triggers are powerful because it's our body's way of telling us, Hey George, Hey Anne, there's something inside of you that you're keeping that that's no longer serving you. Let's take, take a look at it and let's examine it and see how we can actually heal it. And when we start to understand where that emotion stems from or rooted from, and typically, you know, some of the bigger triggers actually happen because something something transpired in our childhood, when we're able to actually go back in time and understand what we are telling ourselves about a particular event, because remember, memories are not actually uh, 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 truth per se. It's just a perception of or, or a story that we are telling ourselves about a particular event. And what happens is when you start to rewrite that story about what you are saying to yourself about that event, it expresses itself in your, in your current reality. And what it does is it actually allows you to heal it. So our body is intelligent. There's ways that it, act, that it communicates to us so that we can facilitate our own healing. Triggers are, are not there to harm us or to make things inconvenient. Triggers, for me, um, is actually a really powerful way that our bodies are, speak, are, are communicating to us and telling us, hey, there's something here that we should heal. They can be viewed as, as, as being a teacher, right? Absolutely. That's correct. That's correct. So here, here I'm, I'm in the same situation I find myself in quite a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I find myself wanting something that's, that's different or my, what I perceive to be better than I have. And through the process of examining that emotion, I, I, I'm going to, to alleviate that and, 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 and feel those, those yearnings less it's 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 all about okay so i'll give you a little bit of a um of, of a formula that i have around transformative change i call it i call it the five c's um transformative change means that so say you're having you're experiencing a trigger um and i'm and and i'll say that this is this this is a, a inspired by research that suggests that by the age of 35 we are operating on default 90% of the time, hmm. okay? By the age of 35, we are actually operating on default. That means that we are caught in unconscious behaviors, thoughts, patterns. And so the, the idea is that we have to bring ourselves into the seat of our consciousness every time we are experiencing a trigger because typically when a trigger comes, you are, you are already immediately 
predisposed to operate at an, uh, through, through the lens of an unconscious pattern, right? So we have to bring ourselves to our seat of consciousness. Then the next C is choice. We actually have to, to make a choice in terms of stopping ourselves from experience or from, from going through that, um, that experience in an unconscious way. Okay, so consciousness choice, then curiosity. Now you, you, now you understand that there's something else that you can do beyond your default setting. Curiosity will allow you to start, start looking into what other ways that you can actually behave in this manner. Then you go to curiosity. Curiosity, sorry, I said curiosity already. Curiosity uh, and courage. Courage is the fourth C, so that you can actually find the courage to do something completely different. And then finally is consistency. If you do that consistently, consistently, then that's when you actually start to experience transformative change. I know that's a, a mouthful, no, but again, the five, the, the five C's is consciousness. I'm going to repeat it again. Consciousness, choice, curiosity, courage, and consistency. I love it. I think that that's a, a great, um, a great system for, for recognizing and starting to change behaviors. I love it. Well, Anne, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, so I thought a lot about this. And where I landed was my difference-making tip is be the greatest love of your life. I think oftentimes we pour love onto others and pour love onto our jobs and careers and, and all that stuff. But actually, um, Mahatma Gandhi said it best, right? Be the change that you want to see in the world. And so it starts with loving ourselves first. Like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And thank you so much for coming on all the way from Bali today. Um, where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, please visit us at www.contentment.org. Uh, and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Anne underscore Espiritu. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Anne your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to contentment.org and you can find Anne on Facebook and Instagram. Were those two places right, Anne? Facebook and Instagram? Yes, that's right. That's Perfect. right. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thank you, George, for having me. And this was fun. Yeah, it was for sure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.